0: perspectives with Pastor Lance from New City Fellowship of Sacramento, where we reflect on theological issues such as race and ethnicity, social justice, immigration, economics, sexism, and other topics that have a social impact in our society. Thank you for joining us today. And on this first episode, we'll be learning a little more about Pastor Lance Lewis, his upbringing, and his ministry. Pastor Lance, how are you feeling
1: today? Hey. Hey. Minister Anthony, God is good all the time. All the time, God is good. I am feeling pretty, pretty good this morning. Oh, actually this afternoon, but we're on the Cali time, so it's morning somewhere. How are you feeling, Brother D-plus? We'll hey, to- I am. I <laughs> we'll am. get into that a little bit more later. Yeah, yeah,
0: I'm doing well. I'm doing well. You know what I mean? Just, you know, seminary and work and everything else. So, you know, the life of an intern, life of an intern. So, you know, God is good, but uh, a brother's tired.
1: I can understand that. I can understand that. It's good to be together um, doing this stuff. So, amen, um, amen. Glad, glad we can get into it. It's going to be good.
0: Yeah. So hold on. I'm sure people are wondering why you called me D plus. And uh, <laughs> y'all, it's not because your boy is getting D pluses in seminary. I'm pulling A's and B's. Praise God. Pray for
1: me still. But yeah, Pastor, what's up with the D plus? So in our church fantasy league, um, Minister English approached the draft with what one could say was an unorthodox style and, and we gave the brother a little bit of shade and even Yahoo gave you some shade because they, they gave you a grade of D plus on your draft and yet you kicking it in the league man. Beat hey, that's what, hey, hey, let them know. Let them know.
0: What, what's my record right now?
1: Two and one.
0: Hey, We're boys in third place out of what? Eight? Eight and a yeah. look. Looks like I'm about to get that third win this week. So I'm just saying, man, never count the underdogs out.
1: Never count them out. So and, uh, w- hold on, Pastor. What's your record right now? My record is a shiny one and two. I'm like my Eagles. <laughs> hey. <laughs> so listen, uh,
0: God bless you. You are loyal to your Eagles. Um, at least next year, you'll have a better draft. <laughs> We will. Yeah, because I don't think it's gonna go, you know, too much better for y'all this year either uh, on the field or in the fantasy league. But you know, your boy's two and one. I'm I'm feeling good about my chances this year. That's all I got to say.
1: Okay. Okay. We'll see. It's gonna be a good podcast season and a good fantasy football season. Hey,
0: Lord willing, my Packers did it though. Beat Will. Shout out to my boy Will Gray who is a 49er fan, and uh, I I wonder how he feels about my Green Bay Packers rolling up to San Francisco and snatching that victory from them with what, 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 about three seconds left in the game? Mm -hmm. Crosby with the last last second kick? So, Will, if you listen to this, which I know you will, man, uh, good looking out on that victory, homie. (laughs)
1: He's going to have something for you, I'm sure.
0: Yeah, he he yeah he had that uh that victory to give to me that W so thank mm-hmm. you thank you 49ers. but listen y'all hey on today's podcast again we're gonna be learning just a little bit more about who Pastor Lance Lewis is you know we call him um you know I one one of my nicknames from is Bishop uh this is my Qui Gon Jin for all my Star Wars fans you know what I mean uh, I'm his apprentice his Padawan so yeah Pastor you know to start it off. Let us know a little bit about, you know, your upbringing, you know what I mean? Where were you born? Um, Yeah, give us the the 411.
1: Sure enough, man, sure enough. Well, um, as has been said before, by someone um, who is from the same area, but a lot, lot, lot more famous than I, and has a lot, 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 lot more money than I, um, in West Philadelphia, born (laughs) and raised, literally. Uh, we're on the playground. I did spend many of my days. So yeah, I was born and raised in West Philly. Um, that's where I lived all of my youth um, and even partial of uh, partially my young adult life. Um, was not born into a Christian home, though I had a strong Christian influence from my grandmother. And as far as I can recall, she was the first one to take me to church. Um, my first, the very, very first memories of church when I was four or five years old, um, happened to be at Holy Temple Church of God in Christ. And I believe at that time, Bishop O.T. Jones Sr. was pastor. I believe Uh, that would have been in the very late 60s. And that was my first church experience. Uh, My grandmother, Mother Idell Taylor, was a matriarch of our family. And she not only went to church, um, but she did a number of other things that clearly made a strong, a faith impression on um, everyone in our family. Uh, She certainly would sit the entire family down, all of her children. I think at one point there were 10 or 11 of them. And of course, all of us, her grandchildren. And she would just sit us down, man, and talk about the Lord. And that's what we we would do. We would listen to Nana talk about the Lord. So there was no doubt that we heard the gospel um, and we heard of the goodness of the Lord. The other memory I have of her uh, was her prayer life. And she was a powerful prayer woman, uh, prayer warrior. And um, back in those days, in the late 60s, early 70s, um, me and my cousins, we would just be out playing with a bunch of our friends and just slipping and running down the street, having a good time. And then when we had to go to the bathroom or just were called inside or got thirsty or hungry, we would all run inside, man, you know, just running and stopping as kids do. And our, my mother and her, her um, my aunts, my mother, her siblings, her sisters would quickly, quickly tell us to be quiet, to shush because Nana was praying and you could hear her praying in her prayer language um, throughout the house. So those are the three memories um, that I have early of, of my upbringing in, in the faith. Amen. Amen.
0: It's amazing to me how many, especially in the black community, how many people have come to faith in Jesus Christ because of the prayers of their grandmother. Amen. Praying them into the kingdom.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's amazing. Mm-hmm. All right. It and, is uh, amazing. It's, yeah, just how God uses, you know, prayer, especially the prayers of black grandmothers in our community, to bring so many into the kingdom of God. So thank God for them. I know. Amen. We need to be thankful for them. Um, all right. So you came to faith. It sounded like you had a, a uh, kind of a, more of a traditional black church upbringing, you know, faith upbringing. So how'd you come to the Reformed uh, tradition, which is, let's be honest, lily white, um, not a lot of us in the Reformed tradition. You know, what brought you into Reformed theology?
1: Yeah, what happened? Uh, what had happened was, is I did get saved through the witness of um, one of my best friends, and we're still friends today. You got to a shout out to Craig Cardwell out in the Denver, Colorado area, and he witnessed to myself and another PCA pastor, Reverend the Right Reverend Bishop Kevin Smith, of uh, Senior Pastor of New City Fellowship of Chattanooga. And we did uh, have faith in the Lord. Got saved. Uh, went to the local black church that was right down the street from us, National Temple Church of the Living God. Um, and at that point, uh, Bishop Raymond White was acting pastor. Um, came into Reformed theology after switching to another reform, another not Reformed, another Pentecostal church, which is another story. But. Um, Again, part of my faith journey was being at West Oak Lane Church of God under the pastorate of uh, Reverend Dr. Horace W. Shepherd Sr. Began to investigate scripture just because I was just studying scripture. And um, by God's providence, the Sunday school class I was in at West Oak Lane Church of God, we had went through our church history, the Church of God in Anderson, Indiana, Following that, uh, the teacher decided that we should take a look at a couple of doctrines that uh, officially our church did not hold to, mainly predestination and eternal security. And as I studied those a little bit more, a little bit more, myself and my friend Kevin, my wife, Sharon, his wife, Sister Sandy Smith, um, it became, at least to us, more and more clear that we did believe in that. Um, having believed that, um, so to give this some sort of shortening the of story, uh, we believe the Lord was calling us uh, to leave our church and go to um, a congregation that, in fact, believed what we believed, and that ended up being 10th Presbyterian Church uh, in Center City, Philadelphia. That was in when well, we started going in the very, very late 80s, like 89. We became members in 1990, and at that time. Um, Dr. James Montgomery Boyce was the pastor of 10th Presbyterian Church, so that's how it happened. Just studying Scripture, uh, grasping and believing in predestination and eternal security, two of uh, the points of Calvinism, and from there began the journey into uh, Reformed theology and into a Reformed church.
0: All right. Now, next uh, next episode, we're going to be talking more about Reformed theology, what it is, and you know its implications. But, you know, as a Black man in Philly, coming into 10th president I'm assuming 10th Pres was predominantly white?
1: You assume correctly.
0: All right, all right. I mean, let's be honest, that's that's how it is for, you know, the majority of uh, the reformed world. How was that, though? And I'm sure we'll talk about this at a later time, too. But yeah, Pastor Lance, how was it being a Black man growing up in the Black church tradition coming into a predominantly white reformed? church into Reformed theology, which is, and I would say incorrectly, but it's incorrectly assumed that this is a white theology. How was that
1: experience for you? Well, it was certainly different. There are times when it was very, very uncomfortable um, and discouraging. At the same time, um, we met and still have uh, lifelong friends um, from 10th Presbyterian. We still appreciate uh, the ministry they had. Of course, they, they had their challenges, especially with respect to issues of race. And we yeah. can't gloss that over or act as if that wasn't the case. And of course, the culture was very, very different. Uh, the culture of worship, the culture of teaching, the culture of fellowship, it, it was very much different from what you would have had um, at least what we had, I'll say. Not every Black church, obviously, is the same. But from what we came from at West Oak Lane Church of God and even National Temple Church of the Living God, it was very, very much different. There are times when um, you really didn't feel like you actually fit in. Um, but we don't want to paint sort of a picture with a broad brush. Um, yeah. We were warmly received, uh, we were able to integrate into the ministry. Uh, both myself and Kevin at one point were approached um, and asked to to participate in the leadership. Kevin served as an intern there leading a ministry, and I was asked to serve and did serve on uh, the deacon board. So,
0: Amen. And uh, one thing I like that you've put, pointed out is that um, there were white brothers and sisters who welcomed you guys and were hospitable and, you know, wanted you to be on the leadership. So I think that's an encouragement to Christians of color that, hey, uh, God has his people everywhere. And there are uh, certainly some white brothers and sisters who are truly down for the cause and welcome Christians of color into, you know, those spaces. So that, that's an encouragement for people.
1: Oh, certainly. And, and and I wouldn't even say back then that they looked at it as being sort of down for the cause and they found that out. And again, not from, from them per se in, in a hostile way, Yeah, but by the nineteen by 1990, um, there are those obviously who had broken down doors, uh, for me. So, um, for example, uh, there was a, another deacon at 10th who had begun going, I believe, in the 1960s, but I would have to check uh, with his son. Um, his name was Deacon Lawrence Dow uh, with his wife Vivian. And um, I think, I believe when they first started attending, uh, they were only restricted to the balcony, um, wow. but um, they continued to go. And so you, you never want to, um, especially as an African-American, um, I, I think it is horrendous to act as if you've gotten somewhere, especially within a place that's mainly Caucasian or, or dominated by the the, the the dominant culture and act as if, well, you just did it on the sheer basis of your own intellect, brilliance, articulance, whatever. Now, there was There's always been someone who went before you and took a whole lot more than you had to take so that when you came along in 1990, like when I came along in 1990, um, it certainly was, um, again, everything was peachy King. not saying that, but certainly um, much more welcoming um, at at that point. Praise God,
0: Pastor, praise God. All right, so this brings up this last question then, how'd you get to New City Fellowship of Sacramento here on, you know, the West Coast in California, Northern California. How'd you get from Philly to here? What was that journey like?
1: Lord have mercy. <laughs> um, well, I knew the former pastor, so the church was formerly called Soaring Oaks Presbyterian Church. It was started um, by, uh, in connection with the PCA, by uh, I Believe Valley Springs Church in the mid-90s. And in the early 2000s, they called uh, my good brother, Reverend Reddit Andrews, to pastor the church. Uh, he eventually left to take a position at a seminary back east, more so back in the southeast, and the pulpit um, was vacant. Um, and another friend, Wyatt Plummer, had asked me, well, "Did I have any interest?" At first, and I was like, "I have no interest in going to California." No, and so that kind of shut that conversation down. And then um, eventually, uh, Reverend Andrews gave me a call. It's interesting because um, I believe it was the twenty. 20- 12 General Assembly was the first GA that he and I didn't get a chance to stop and talk. So even though we lived on um, opposite coasts, we would always have an opportunity just to stop, hang, and talk at General Assembly. And I was a little bit lamenting that, that we didn't get a chance to do that. And I believe it was 2012. He eventually called me, started talking to me about uh, what was in Soaring Oaks. And I asked me about interest. I said, well, no, um, it's not going to happen. I said, for one, um, we we like where we are in Philadelphia. We we like the city of Philadelphia. It's where we were born and raised. And we're thankful for it. Uh, I said, point two, um, because you had to have three points if you're a Presbyterian. So point two, um, my wife does not like suburbs. She's not a suburban sister. She likes living in uh, the city. And so she, she's just not a suburban sister. So that's not going to fly. Cause at that point um, still, we still are, of course, the suburban church and three um, we were really preparing to move my in-laws into our house in Philly uh, just to help them uh, help sharing in um, her mother care for her father. And, um, but he said, pray about it. And I said, well, I ain't going to lie. Um, I, I'm not gonna say I'll pray about it and not pray about it um, because your friend read it, I will actually pray about it, talk to Sharon about it. And she was open to it, which I was really surprised. Um, But we still weren't convinced of the Lord's call, Um, but we continued to pray, uh, made a visit and did believe um, after that visit um, in the spring, it was either late winter, or early spring of uh, 2013 that the Lord's call for us was here in California, so that's a shortened version of that journey. But that's how we got here in California. Never would have thought of it, I never planned it when it was first brought up. Uh, said no, but uh, we we know and believe uh, the Lord has us here. Um, it has not been easy, but we still know and believe that the Lord has us here.
0: Amen. And listen, for what it's worth, me and my wife, we are very thankful to have you and. Sister Sharon, our first lady here in uh, California. For those of y'all who don't know, uh, fam, my family and I experienced uh, some some pretty bad, the, the, the worst racism we've experienced, I've experienced um, at a former church uh, here in California, down in Southern California. And uh, yeah, it, it was having us think really about where we were going to keep our family church-wise. And if it was not for... Pastor Lance and Sister Sharon being here in NorCal. Uh yeah, who knows where we would have been church-wise. So uh we moved up here last year with our family, and it's been amazing. And, you know, I'm thankful, Pastor. I'm thankful to be your intern, uh, your Padawan and learning, you know, from you and from Sister Sharon. So we love y'all, man. And uh it's been a, it's been amazing you guys being up here in Sacramento and the work that God is doing through New City. So Amen. Thanks, thanks, for, thanks for being for obeying God's thanks for obeying God's call and uh, moving up.
1: Amen, brother. And again, you and Sister Jana, um, or we have a nickname for her that you and I know is Madam VP. We'll get into that a little bit more too. But we are so thankful for you and your children, and and I really appreciate you bringing that out, Anthony, because you just never know what God's going to do. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we met each other not too long after I got out here. And it was basically via Facebook Um, because that's, you know, that's a lot of times you just meet people. And we began this relationship. We had spoken to you about coming up here before and it wasn't God's timing. And we now know why it wasn't God's timing. But it certainly was God's timing um, when you guys finally did arrive. And um, we just can't. Um, explain um, and express how much it was God's timing and how much it's been a help, how much it has been more than a breath of fresh air. Um, it has been an entire ocean breeze, bruh. So thank the Lord that you and Sister Jana are here and we're just grateful and let's looking forward Uh, Just to to, to continuing to do ministry, praying that as our state uh, continues to move through uh, COVID and the variants that um, we get an opportunity more and more uh, just to get out there and be out there.
0: Amen. Uh, Listen, I'm with you. We're excited to see what God has for us and uh, we'll keep on walking this journey. But listen, everyone, thank you so much for listening to Perspectives with Pastor Lance New City Fellowship of Sacramento. We love y'all and uh, we'll be back with episode two soon. So be on the lookout, subscribe, and we uh, pray that all is well on your end. God bless you.
1: God bless. Amen.
0: Thanks for listening to Perspectives with Pastor Lance from New City Fellowship of Sacramento. We hope our discussions encourage you to think through the important biblical issues that impact our witness of Christ's kingdom to our society. Please check out our website at newcitysac.org for more information about our fellowship or to contact Pastor Lance or Minister Anthony.